Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hard times. Hard times is a daddy and a mother. Living in a mansion and hating each other. Hey, welcome back to Success Made Last. This is our country series, and we talk with country western singers and songwriters and on today's show is Lacey J. Dalton, legendary songwriter. She has had hits like Black Coffee and Hard Times. Today we're talking about wild horses, music, America coming back to life, and a little bit about Bonanza. Lacey J. Dalton, welcome to our show. Dum da dum da dum da dum da da da. You know, we, I was telling you earlier. I live on Cartwright Road Woo-hoo! up here in the up here in the in the what we call the Virginia Highlands, which is uh, it, Reno, Nevada, sits in a deep valley, a long deep valley called the Truckee Meadows. And on the western side are the Sierra Nevada Mountains. On the eastern side is a smaller range of mountains called the Virginia Range. And I live up in that uh, in that beautiful mountain range with what is mm. arguably the largest herd of wild horses that's not on an Indian reservation in the United States. Oh my God. And that's why I moved up here. Uh, those horses were really, I was playing all the casinos down in Reno, and I made a lot of friends with the crews, and uh, I worked at Harris for years and years and years, and then I worked at the Nugget constantly out here. And I learned that um, just outside of town, and it is called the biggest little city in the world. You can get out of town and be uh, up at Lake Tahoe in 45 minutes. You can be up at Virginia City right. near the old town of Virginia City, is where I live. About eight minutes up the road is Virginia City, and uh, I always loved it up there and had a wonderful friend there. And um, we were having tea one night, Rick, uh, at, just at sunset. She had all these candles lit. She was a wonderful person. She was a very, very gifted psychic, and I loved to visit her. And we were sitting in her living room. We heard this sound outside. And I will never forget. I said, Elaine, what What am I hearing? And she put her finger up in the air and said, listen, there's a horse coming. Mm-hmm. So here we were on E Street in the old town of Virginia City, and a small herd of wild horses was walking up the street. And I knew right at that minute that if those horses could walk up the streets wild and free in Virginia City, it probably was a place I'd like to live. And that's why Absolutely. I wow. <laughs> eventually, and it took me years to find the right house up here, to find the right place. I needed it to be far enough away from people because I thought, I was married at the time, and I thought and when we retired, I wanted to do dog rescue. So I needed to be far enough away from my neighbors so that the dogs barking, you know, the rescued dogs wouldn't bother them. And I mm-hmm. also had horses, and I just didn't want any of that to get in the way uh, with my neighbors. So it took me a while to find this house, but I've been here now 22 years. Lacey J., have you seen an old antique map like they used at the beginning of Bonanza that they always set on fire? You know, we had a copy of that map. Oh. And I had a what is called the Wild Horse Museum and Gift Store. For We had it for eight years up in Virginia City to educate people about 
the wild horses and also to try to the advocacies up here there were a lot of little horse advocates and they were all proprietary and they didn't get along with one another and couldn't work together and i thought that if we did a, a cooperative project where they could uh, we could you know they could have a little stuffed horse that they bought for a dollar and if they let they said we want to make we want to make two more dollars on this horse or three we would take that little horse and we'd add on maybe a dollar in the cooperative store for to pay the salary of the person who did all the, you know, kept the thing running and was in the store and did all the inventory and the books and did took care of the taxes and everything. They didn't have to do another thing. They you know, didn't have to do their little bake sales and their you know rallies and all this stuff to make money because people working hands on with with wild horses, the people really doing that work who are boots on mm-hmm. the ground, they don't have a lot of time. I mean, it's a, it's very very demanding uh, work, particularly if you're dealing with um, injured or uh, disabled horses or uh, horses that have been abused. Um, and a lot of wild horses have been traumatized beyond belief and injured in the roundups. And um, a lot of them are simply uh, because they're wild horses and they're gathered sometimes by Indian tribes, sometimes by other people. Uh, there are a lot of uh, foals that come in injured. And uh, mm-hmm. we work pretty closely with uh, one of the groups that uh, whose specialty it is to bring these little babies back to life. And they're called uh, Chili Pepper, Miracle uh-huh. Mustang, and at chilipepper.org. And it's spelled chili like cold, C-H-I-L-L-Y. Okay. But we, I, I advertise her a lot because she's really an amazing advocate, just amazing. Uh, she has a... A leg, one of her legs has more metal in it. She's had 47 operations on the leg and still gets around. So they, they're expecting a catastrophic collapse of this leg. And for years, she has been taking care of these um, injured, orphaned, baby wild horses and bringing them back and getting them uh, down the road. There was a huge collapse of a wild horse sanctuary in South Dakota a couple of years ago. And she went out with her husband in the just freezing, like 40 below and snow and blizzard conditions. And the fence, you couldn't even see where the fences were on this place. And the horses were all in really bad shape. Really, um, um, Mm. many of them, many of them died. But it was in one of those very, very cold cracks. They went out there and they uh, gathered, they were able to separate and get loaded about 800 of those horses. And a a lot of it was, it's amazing. ChiliPepper.org is in we uh, my foundation, which is Let Em Run Foundation. What we do really is just we just raise money, and we give it to the smaller mom and pop groups, and we let the big groups take care of themselves because they can. But the the people who really do a lot of this wild horse rescue and rehabilitation are uh, mom and pop groups. They don't have the support of big organizations. I mean, they might get grants from them from time to time. But they are doing every day, you know, day in, day out, year in, year out work that uh, a lot of the big groups don't even have anyone who can do that kind of work for them. Mm, Amazing. Well, let me go deep and philosophical on you because the wild horses is this great metaphor that we study here at Success Made to Last. I've read about your biography, followed your music for a long time, but when you compare yourself to a wild horse, what are the similarities between a wild horse and Lacey J. Alton? Well, you know, a wild horse does not have a pedigree. 
it does not have um, bloodlines that allow it to uh, be sold uh, to people or have a lot of um, support in mm-hmm. going to owners who can have it trained and um, take care, taken care of properly. And, you know, I came from very humble beginnings, and I didn't know anybody in the music business. So when I went to Nashville, I, I really didn't uh, have the that you really need. Well, people ask me what to do when you get into the music business. You know, what was the first thing I should do? And I said, well, one of the first things you ought to do is go to Belmont College in Nashville or somewhere and learn how the music business works. Find out how that, you know, how, you know, where the profit is, where where you uh, can come in. I think one of the best ways for people to learn that when they're just starting out now is stay home, make a make your uh, singer-songwriter CD or your band CD with your own people in your own studio. Sell however many of those you can sell locally. Maybe you'll sell, you know, 500 the first time. But it'll certainly pay for itself. And mm-hmm. then... You know, use the a lot of younger people really are good on the internet. They really know how to. Um, they like being on there. They like social media, which is a huge piece of how to get your songs to other people and let people know what you're doing. Do that until you've you're selling in the you know thousands of uh, of pieces of product because people don't necessarily buy CDs online. They'll buy a song. But at your shows, they like to have those CDs because they like to have you sign them. They like your picture. They like the stories behind the songs. So there's still, even though record companies aren't big into it, um, we still, I still do a lot of business that way because people want something to carry. They want something to put in their purse and take home with them after a yep. concert. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, I, I tell young people starting out, I wouldn't deal with the record companies until they want you until you have proven to them and to yourself that you can actually... Uh, John Pine was the perfect example of this. John Pine, when he was performing, he was very different from everyone. He never, ever compromised his, the way he wanted to write. He never followed rules necessarily. And he, he was a fabulous performer and a fabulous person. And he would put a little uh, piece of paper in the middle, a little cardboard uh, folded piece of paper in the middle of the table where he uh, where he was performing and then on this little cardboard he said you know put your information down and when you when i have a new record we'll send you you, a notice of it and you can buy my new record he had a hundred thousand signatures he never needed a record company ever again because those Mm. hundred thousand people became many many hundreds of thousands of people and he was able to get disseminate his music that way and that was really before a lot of uh, computer uh, advantages happened. And I'm here to tell you that those of us who are techno-peasants, which, you know, my son is like on the cutting edge of Google Glass. He's like this amazing programmer person. My daughter is very conversant in it. I, because my ex-husband was um, really good on the computer and my son was fabulous, my daughter was fabulous, I really just, you know, I would, I just never really got into the computers in the way that human beings should at this point in our lives. So I am at a tremendous disadvantage. Um, I don't really enjoy being on a computer at all. I can only stand to be on one for about half an hour before my brain explodes. Uh, telephone, I'm on the telephone an inordinate amount of time. 
um, yeah. probably from 7 in the morning till about 2 in the afternoon almost every day. And that is how I do my business. I think everyone has their own unique way of staying close to customers and and listeners. And for John, his approach was just so smart, but yet commonsensical. He did have a great relationship with his fans. He was, um, and he was like that, I think, as a person. I got to spend a whole day with him. He was very good friends with uh, Fred Kohler, who was the man who actually taught me how to write songs. Um, Fred and Fred was um, constantly wrote with people like Shel Silverstein, and he wrote with John Prine. He wrote "Let's Talk Dirty in Hawaiian" with John. <laughs> it was one of the one of the mm-hmm. my favorite Fred Coleson. But you know, he wrote. Um, she came from Fort Worth, but Fort Worth couldn't hold her. And a lot of uh, um, a lot of things with Shel Silverstein uh, that were hits. And I remember Fred Kohler and Shel Silverstein came to my house in California, and they stayed for two weeks. And Shell donned a an Indian bedspread, which he then wore as a toga for the entire time that he was at the house. <laughs> they, I don't know what they were on, maybe nothing. Everything everybody said became a song. Everything, you know, to, let's go to the bathroom. Oh, that's a great hook line. And they would write a song called Let's Go to the Bathroom. You know, and it was like, by the time they left, I wanted to kill both of them. But oh. I'd had a crash course from two very, very strong songwriters. And Fred has written some books on songwriting and is really a very good teacher of it. Um, and that that paid off for me later on um, in my life. Just, uh, oh, in 2015, um, I had many BMI awards for songs that I had written that got a million airplay. Things, things like... Um, Whisper and slow down and taking it easy and hillbilly girl with the blues and everybody makes mistakes and there were a lot of things that I had written um, that were you know had awards and I was asked to teach songwriting at a level four prison up in Susanville California mm. um, that it's the high desert state prison it was through the California Arts uh, Council through um, an arm that they have called the William James Association and what a powerful um, experience that was. I worked up there for three and a half years, two days a week. My guitar player and I would go up Monday night, Monday after, Monday morning, and we would teach on Monday and spend the night, and then go in and teach on Tuesday and go home on Tuesday afternoon. And that was level four. That's the twenty to life guys. Mm. And the the difference that made in those people's lives. Now, some of them can even teach the other students. Each one, teach one. It's the most heartwarming thing. I've done a lot of service work in my life because that's why I, that's why I became an entertainer. I never had that thing of wanting to be a big star. I, I realized I had to have a record deal or I wouldn't be able to do what I do. I wouldn't be able to afford to do what I do without that. But I never, that wasn't the motivation. My motivation has always been that music is a, is a tremendous tool for um, healing people's hearts and their minds. And actually, Nashville wasn't a very good fit for me because of that. Nashville, was when I was there, was like they had what they called a song factory. And they just had these songs that were repetitious and, to me, somewhat meaningless. Hmm. I have to believe in what I'm singing. And, I, and it was always... I never forget my first producer, Billy Sherrill... 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Famous Billy Sherrill, who was, you know, he discovered George Jones and Tammy Wynette and Charlie Rich, and he was Ray Charles' producer almost to the end of his life. And he did a lot of work with um, all of the greats. Uh, he just looked at me one day and he said, you are the hardest person to find songs for I have ever worked with. And I said, do you think so? And he said, yes. He said, because you have to believe what you're singing and you have a, a mission. And he said, it's going to be a hundred times harder for you than it is for these other folks. He said, because you just won't settle for some... And I'll never forget, they always wanted me to sing songs about divorce. And I really hate songs about divorce. I don't even like divorce. You know, I think we our hearts get so hard and we change, and, and sometimes it's absolutely necessary. But in those days, I really, I just didn't want to sing about that. That's, you know, I'd rather sing about somebody being faithful. I'd rather sing about somebody being strong. I would rather mm-hmm. sing something about, I don't want to sing, and, and I also was a very, very different, uh, I didn't want to sing about being a victim. And some of us in that era, now I remember Roseanne Cash was the same way, and Gail Davies was the same way, there were a bunch of us who came into the music business with a little bit different um, English. We came in with a, a different thing that we wanted to do. And my whole thing has always been I want to lift people up. I want to give people this. This is not an easy planet to live on. Don't ask me how I know this. This is not an easy plane of existence to be on. I don't know compared to what. But it isn't easy here. It's hard here on Earth. Some people don't have it hard, but most of us do. And people who don't have a lot of money might have it, might have it even harder, especially right now. I feel so yeah. much compassion for people who were just absolutely living paycheck to paycheck and couldn't even if the, you know if the transmission went out in their car it was the end of the world what are these people doing i hope that our churches and service organizations are out there feeding people and i know they are and they need to be because people and people need to know that this is, won't be forever and people need to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it is not an oncoming train there is a lot, and I believe that people need to know, however they decide to believe in it, that there is some kind of a higher power. Whatever you want to call that, however you come to it, there must be a million roads to it. But that will sustain you. And if you've never tried it, if, you're, if there are listeners out there who are hearing me right now, if you've never said, I can't do this alone, you have to help me, spirit. You have to help me, higher power. You have to help me, doorknob. I don't care what you call it. That is the only way that we can really pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps with the help of our higher power. And, I, and it's something that I, I sing about all the time. My new work, which is, I think you would probably call it Americana. Um, just one, I had a 13-year-old CD that in 2019 won uh, the most prestigious award um, for uh, 
musical excellence from Strictly Country Magazine and the Spirit Awards. Mm-hmm. And it uh, and the, my new single, Scarecrow, is uh, this year nominated um, for Song of the Year, and that's a very unusual song. I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know that it's, you know, I don't know p- how that happened, but it's it's a trippy song. It's very uh, it's very real. But what I try to do, and what I've always wanted to do with music, and you know, because I have um, always had CDs like Hard Times, like Survivor. These were the messages that I was always trying to give to people, and I was also trying to show a side of myself that was not um, necessarily, um, uh, how can I say it? Was it was a bit of an outlaw, a bit mm-hmm. of a, a bit of a, a, an outlaw. Um, I don't believe a lot of ways the things that people believe. I think I'm writing a song called "The Devil by a Different Name," and one of the verses goes, "Call me Imam, call me priest." We are brothers separated by belief. You know, a loveless mm. faith, a loveless faith is a ball and chain. It's just the devil by a different name, boys. The devil by a different name, because I think we cannot judge each other's. How we believe in spirit is, is how we believe in any way that you come to that. Because it is all it is. It is all it is, and we, need, we forget that we are spiritual beings doing time in a physical three-dimensional universe we forget that we need to be reminded and we can't all be reminded by really um by a lot of dogma you know we have to be reminded by uh, i'll never forget on the back of uh, one of willie's nelson nelson's cds and i think it was the one we had a i got a gold record for uh, uh from columbia records um for a half uh CD called Half Nelson. That was hmm. um, uh, Will, you know, I did a duet with Willie on there, and oh, there were amazing people on it. Ray Charles was on there, and um, Carlos Santana was on there, and it was I mean a lot of wonderful. Uh, I think Julio. Uh, it was amazing who all was on this CD, and it's been a long time. Uh, I can't even remember what year that was, but it did that went platinum, and uh, the, on the back of I believe it was that one. There was a picture on the back of this album of riders, cowboys on horses, and a cross on the top of a hill at sunset. And I'll never forget the quote. It was, outlaws still believe. Mm. Amazing. And that's... That stuff is that's I think that's what that that thread runs through the works of Chris Christopherson, you know, with songs like "Why Me, Lord," mm-hmm. and a song that I recorded of his called "The Heart." You know, there are there, there's a deep spirituality, not confined to some, you know, corral or or a paddock that that or or cage. Those walls are down. And that's what we need to do in this world. There is so much divisiveness in this world right now. There is so much polarity, you know, left and right. You know, the opposite of right is left. It's not wrong. These are, these are concepts. We need to come together. We There's do. a huge schism in the world now. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And it's between gay people and straight people. And it's between religious people and 
and people of different beliefs. It's between um, it's between political parties. It's between husbands and wives. We have got to learn to come together. We've got to learn somehow, and that's and I think music is a great is the great um, binder for people. It's a way for people to come together and and enjoy. I mean, a lot of people love people like Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash. A lot of people with very differing views of the world. And they had very differing views of the world from each other. I traveled with Willie for I and I traveled I've traveled with Cash and Christopherson. I went to Europe and toured Europe with those guys and got to be around a lot of those people. Traveled with Merle Haggard for minute well, I a year and a half with him, a year and a half with Hank Junior. Um, some of these people, very divisive people, people who, you know, had this one solid idea of how things are. We have to get over that stuff. We and do. I think, I, I really do think, don't you, Rick, that, that, that true success is when we come from love. Every day we get up and we, at least, uh, I mean, I'm not <laughs> successful at it every day. You know, if I find out that, you know, if I find out that the roof is caving in and the and the estimates are outrageous, I'm not so loving about things like that. <laughs> you know, there are times when I can be, you know, an inveterate intolerant, but I do try when I wake up in the morning to remember that every being I come in contact with is animated, animated by the spirit of all that is. How we, how are we alive without that spirit? You know, I don't know how it can be done, and I think it can only be done through grace. And it can only be done if it's going to happen, if we're going to mm-hmm. have peace, if we're going to come together, if we're going to, if we're going to try to unite. It has to be. It has to start right now with you and me right here. One heart, one mind, one spirit at a time, going, this other is not so other. Well, Lacey J., you got it. It starts with one-on-one conversations. Maybe it takes even a bit of gumption. You hear a friend talking divisively, and you got to remind them that, hey, that's stuff of the past, and you got to speak about unification of America. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It would be. Wouldn't that be wonderful? It doesn't happen very often, I've noticed. You know, we get together, and politically right now in this country, there is a schism a mile wide. There sure and is. in my new, in my song, The Devil by a Different Name, it goes, uh, call me left wing, call me right. We're split right down the middle in this fight. Divided we fall. That rule don't change. It's just the devil by a different name, boys. The devil by a different name. Well, that really says it all. Hey, Lacey, I want you to wrap up today's show. We've got a couple minutes left. Just uh, if you could, um, in kind of a nice, put a bow on the package style, tell America why they should uh, hit their restart button and start over with a new attitude of optimism on how we can be different and better going down the road? Well, I can't tell anybody how they should be. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we all woke up tomorrow and said, boy, this is a chance for a whole new world. 
this has never happened in our lifetime, that the whole world is shut down. When we start it back up, wouldn't it be great if we could start it by waking up in the morning and saying, you know, I'm so lucky to be alive in this world. And I'm going to start my day with love. And I'm going to try to love everybody and everything that comes in, that comes in. And whatever I can't handle, I need to ha- I need to hand over to all it is, to the, you know, higher power. Just hand it over. I can't deal with that. I'm just going to love this person. I'm going to try to love what I'm doing. I'm going to try to help those people who are so devastated in this. People with kids, you know, they may not be able to be thrown out of their apartments, but they may not have a place to get food. Well, donate or go down and work at a food bank or contribute to your church. Do what we say we should do. You know what mm-hmm. to do. We all know what to do. We just have to find the right way to do it and our way of doing it. And the one thing, Rick, that I've learned about service work, and I do a lot of service work for organizations like Rotary, for the wild horses, for the prisons, um, is that you can only you can only do what you can do. Maybe you can only put a dollar in a in a in a jar for food. Well, if that's all you can do, that's enough. Don't push yourself, make yourself crazy, and think you have to save the whole world. You just need to do your little bit, whatever that is. Whatever you can afford to do with time, money, or energy, just do that much. Just do that much. But do something. Mm-hmm. Don't do nothing. Well, thank you, Lacey J. Dalton. And where can our listeners catch up with everything going on in your life? Well, uh, we, I'd love for you to come and visit the website, and it is LaceyJDalton.org. And there's no E in Lacey. It's just L-A-C-Y, letter J, D-A-L-T-O-N.org, and we'll be happy to hear from you. Thanks again. That was Lacey J. Dalton. We love her new song lyrics, especially about the devil by a different name. We appreciate you all joining us on today's Success Made to Last country series, and we hope that you join us again in it. We appreciate our sponsorship, especially from Gracefully Years Greeting Cards, the home of those crazy church kitchen ladies. Until next time, we hope that you live the best version of you. Have a great week. So thanks to our sponsor, Edward Jones. They are our trusted financial advisor. And Edward Jones has been instrumental in helping us pivot our lives built around health, happiness, travel, and adding value to other people's lives. You can contact our advisor, Serban Marasini, by emailing him at S-E-R-B-A-N period M-A-R-A-C-I-N-E at edwardjones.com. And thanks again to their sponsorship of this program. And thanks to our sponsor, Gracefully Yours Greeting Cards and their hilarious Church Kitchen Lady cards. Church Kitchen Ladies are a bunch of maybe 20 million volunteers across the United States that work in 300,000 churches. And they say stuff like, mind your own biscuits and life will be gravy. They also say, crunch tacos, not abs. And your crazy is showing, you might want to tuck that back in. And one of our favorites is, life is short, lick the bowl. If you want to find out more about the wonderful Church Kitchen ladies and join their roundtable, go to gracefully-yours.com today and find out about Church Kitchen ladies and purchase all the rest of the fine Gracefully Yours greeting cards. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.